last week we started just talking about freedom in Christ, how to walk that out. And um, all this week, the Lord's been talking to me about some things, and, and it's, it's funneled down into a very specific uh, issue that God wants to talk, a word that he wants to bring to you today that will, that will really help you. And um, it's so important, especially in our, in our type of church. I can't speak for the Baptist. I can't speak for the Lutherans or, you know, I can't speak for them because I'm not really in that anymore. I'm not, I, I grew up Baptist, uh, but I'm not in that camp anymore. Uh, I'm still their brother, you know, they're part of the body of Christ. But this thing that we call the word, you know, where we focus on the word of God and we focus on the word of faith and all these things, my desire and, and what burns in me all day and all night, every day of my life, is that the people that God plants here, that Christ would be formed in them so that they would know how to walk by the faith of God. And, and you know, you know if a person's walking by the faith of God because they're happy, there's joy, there's peace in believing. You know, to be led by the Spirit of God, we are living in such an information and entertainment society that what has happened in, in our circles is you come to church and many of you are so hungry for God that you listen to, to teaching. You know, we have people online that live on our services, which is awesome. The Lord draws them and they'll hear the word of God and you know, when you're hearing the word of God, it will motivate you, it'll excite you. It does all of these things when you're hearing it. But it's not enough to be a hearer. And you have to be a doer of the word. And the Bible talks a lot about that if you only hear the word, that you will become self-deceived if you don't do it. So this is why this is so important. If you've been around here long enough, if I open to Mark chapter 11 or 300 or 500 other scriptures, you're gonna go, wow, you know, yeah, I know that. I could probably quote that scripture. I could probably finish that statement. But what's happening in the body of Christ is, is so many people are self-deceived because they're never doing it. They're never actually becoming a doer of the word to where they put corresponding action to their faith. And, and when you put corresponding action to your faith, what happens is you will start seeing the word of God, the blessings that the word produces will manifest in your life. But what's happening, there's a lot of believers that literally, and, and, I'm, not, and I'm talking pastors too, because it's not enough to teach it. There's a lot of guys that teach faith that don't walk by faith, but they think they are. And what happens is they can't figure out why none of this is working. And the reason why is because they're self-deceived. The Bible talks about this. So I want to talk about this today. And the good news, you know, whenever, this is kind of like a, a vegetable meal here. You know, this might not be sweets, right? 
but this will help you tremendously. In the time that we're living in, it is of utmost importance that you learn how, you must learn how to put corresponding action to your faith. You have to come to the word not wanting to be motivated, excited, you know, whatever, but you want to come to the word and every time, whether you're reading the Bible, whether you're listening, whether you're here in a service, your, your, your focus is like, okay, Lord, I, I want you to bring revelation of this to my heart so that I can walk this out, so that I can apply this to my life and start walking it out. Because if you'll do that, it will change your life. You know, it's, it's interesting as I've been in, in this thing for a while, um, just how many people, how many Christians are letting go of their faith because they're not seeing results. Do you know it's not enough to come to church and take notes? I would encourage you to take notes because you get a lot more. But it's not enough to take notes. You know, there are people that have literally notebooks after notebooks of notes, but they're not walking in any of it because they haven't become a doer. So today is going to be about taking you from being a hearer to being a doer of the word. And there's only, you have to, I call it, I liken it to a bridge. To take you from being a hearer of the word, you must walk across the bridge into a new place where you're a doer of the word. What is the bridge? You gotta build the bridge. How do you build it? There's only one way. The thing that will take you from being a hearer of the word to being a doer is you must meditate in the word. Right, people are running around and they're trying, get, I need a word from God to help me how to live and I need, I need this or I need that. I've, I've listened, to, I've read every book on these, this subject I've done and I'm not getting any results. And it's because we're in an information and an entertainment society so we don't, we don't relax and go deeper. We look at Mark chapter 11 you know, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them and you'll have them and you're like, okay, so that's faith, I got that. I could quote that scripture and you forget about it and go live your life. And you wonder why things are not happening. Well, I'm here to tell you, God wants his word manifesting in your body and in your life and out of your life all the time. His word is true, and his word always works if you work it. And, and actually, you know, this is not something, my concern is not that people won't, will sit there and still listen and not do it. That's not my concern. Because the times we're living in, as we go from here to the rapture of the church, to the end of the church age. As we move in this short period of time, you are gonna, you're gonna see people come to the end of their selves and go, I can't do this anymore in my own strength. And they're either gonna jump in and become a doer of the word, or they're not. And here's the thing, 
your life is so short. I mean, it's, it's, it's a vapor. How many of you are in your 50s or 60s? Does it seem like you were 25 yesterday, right? And then, then those of you who are in your 60s, 70s, 80s, you're like looking at this going, okay, what happened? And there are people that are hearing the word and not doing it. And they've got this call on their life. And they've got this plan and this thing that God wants them to do. And, and they're, they're excited about it, but they don't know how to bring it to pass. And if they don't become a doer of the word, they will sit in church and it'll go decade after decade after decade and they still won't be doing anything. And the longer they go, the more frustrated. Well, I say, let's get the frustration out. It's all about being a doer of the word, right? Because this is the thing. If you're a hearer of the word and not a doer, you have made a decision. Now, now you guys know I love you. So I'm going to say some things that are absolutely true. So, so embrace it. And I, you know, this is a great environment. You know God always builds you up. But if you're a hearer of the word only and not a doer, you're living your life as if you are your Lord. You're not living your life as if Jesus is your Lord. And, and so the thing is, you might be living your life like Jesus is my Savior. You know, when I die, I'm going to go to heaven. But I'm telling you, in these times, we are living in perilous times. Dangerous, difficult, strength-reducing times. And you and I are to live above all of it. We are to walk in authority and dominion. We are never to go backwards. We are only to increase, right? Satan comes against me one way. He is to flee seven ways. If he ever steals anything from me, he's got to bring it all back, right? Because I have been given authority on this earth in the name of Jesus and I have absolute mastery over Satan's ability and over all the satanic hierarchy over everything set against me I've literally been given complete mastery in the name of Jesus over them to where literally if I whatever I bind on earth will be bound in heaven whatever I loose on earth will be loosed in heaven I could speak in the name of Jesus and whatever I say, it I'll have because I'll speak God's word. Whenever I bring the word of God and speak it, the Bible says God watches over it to perform it. I mean, this is the way. The gates of hell will never prevail against the church. The kingdoms of this world are becoming the kingdoms of our God, right? And, and I'm to walk above all of this but the only way I can do it is if I'm a doer of the word. So I come to the word of God with one purpose, that I'm going to hear this, meditate on it, until I see it, and then I'm going to do it. God told Joshua, listen, you meditate in my word day and night that you may observe yourself doing my word. And then, Joshua, you'll make your way prosperous and you'll have good success that's bottom line for all of us so today man you should rejoice in this day because we're talking about a truth that will impact and change every area of your life
Amen? So let's jump over. Let's just, just like last week, let's go over to Romans chapter 5. And we're going to believe God for utterance today. I'm going in so many directions. I know there's a direction that the Lord wants me to go in, but I couldn't. I, I had all these notes, and I just can't even deal with notes today. So, um, but just like every time, there will be a complete, perfect direction to this. So Romans chapter 5, in verse 17, for if by one man's offense, talking about Adam's sin in the garden, death reigned by the one, much more they which receive. And remember, it means to receive means to literally take hold of and continue in. The abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness, they will reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. This is a huge statement. So as I walk through life, I am literally to grow and increase in the abundance of grace. I am to continually grow in my ability to walk in the grace of God. What is that? It's God doing for me what I could never do for myself. It's the finished work of Jesus, all that he's provided for me. I am to grow in my ability to apply the word of God to my life and walk out the grace of God in my life so it's manifesting in the form of healing, provision, peace, strength, all this. I'm to increase in that. And I'm also to increase in my knowledge, revelation knowledge of who I have been made in Christ, that I have been made righteous now because I am the righteousness of Almighty God in Christ, the enemy has no place in my life. He can't have my family. He can't have my kids. He can't have my finances. He's surely not going to have my mouth, right? And, and I'm not going to... I'm not going to live my life based on how I feel. I'm not going to let my flesh rule me. No, no, I'm going to let my spirit man rule me. I'm going to keep that flesh on that altar. I'm going to present my body a living, holy sacrifice. And I'm never going to allow myself to be pressed into the mold of the world. But I'm going to be changed, transformed into the image of Christ as I renew my mind with the word of God. So that's how I live Let's look at a principle in Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, verse, I believe it's 21. Yeah, verse 21. Look at this. This is, this is how man goes off. We can learn from this. Now, this is talking about people who don't know God, but I'm here to tell you the same thing will happen to you as a believer it says here, because that when they knew God, notice they knew God, they glorified him not as God. That means they did not honor and they did not magnify him as God. What happened to them? Neither were they thankful, but became vain in their imagination and their foolish heart was darkened. This happens to Christians when they don't glorify God as God, when they don't do what they know. They're not thankful. 
right? If you want to know if you're thankful, just get a recorder and hang it around your neck and walk around for a day and see how many times you thank God versus how many times you complain about everything, right? Because the hearer of the word will complain about everything while thinking that they are not complaining about everything because they're self-deceived. They will think they're in faith when they're not in faith. And then when things happen in their life and the word doesn't work, they're sitting there going, why doesn't the word work? Why doesn't God do this? What, you know, and, and all this stuff, they never, they're so self-deceived, they never think that maybe they're wrong. Right? So this is, this is a big one. We have to make sure we walk in this. They knew God. They didn't glorify him as God. They were not thankful. They became foolish or vain in their imagination, and their foolish heart was darkened. We don't want that to happen to us. So now let's jump over to James chapter 2. James chapter 2. Let's just jump right into it. You guys doing okay? I am so excited today. And I'm sitting here kind of standing beside myself going, you sound so serious. Lighten up. God's here to help us. If you, if you want to be a doer of the word, he'll help you be a doer of the word. Amen. It says in verse 17, even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Wow. Isn't that interesting? Even so faith, if it doesn't have works, that word works is corresponding action. If you don't have corresponding action to your faith, it's dead. That means it's lifeless and it's inactive. You have to have corresponding action. Look at verse 20. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Jump down to verse 26. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So we have to see this. Right? This is so, so very important. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jump back to Roman or to James. Look at, look at chapter, chapter 1 and verse 22. So faith without corresponding action is dead, the Bible says. So let's look at this. James chapter 1, verse 22, it says, But be ye doers of the word, right? Let's jump back to verse 21 and start the thought. It says, Lay apart all filthiness. And then we have the wonderful King James word, superfluity of naughtiness, right? <laughs> Basically, Get rid of all the nonsense in your life, the wickedness and all that stuff, right? You have to do what? You lay it apart. You got to lay all that apart. Lay a, James said, lay aside the sin. 
the weights and the sin. You just got to lay it apart. And receive with meekness. Meekness. This means, this word meekness means you receive it with humility and you receive it with a teachable heart. Receive with meekness, right, the engrafted word. That means the implanted word. I receive being teachable, being humble. What is humility? Humility is walking in the truth. That without God, I can't do anything. Without God, I can't know anything, right? These are Bible verses in the New Testament. This is so important. I come to the word of God going, God, you are God. You created me to walk in you and with you. I'm not here trying to do anything on my own self. I'm going to shoot way low if I do that. I'm here to walk out Zoe life, right? So if you'll notice, we don't have a time clock on, at the front door where you punch a time card so that you could feel good. Hey, I, I feel really good. I went to church, right? It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. We have to come hungry and open, right? So I receive with meekness the word of God, the implanted word, and look at what it says here. It goes on and it says, which is able to save your soul. That word save literally means it's able to make your soulish realm whole. It's able to heal it. There's only one thing that can pull out vain imaginations, detrimental thought processes out of your mind. There's only one thing that could renovate your mind, and that's the word of God. Only one thing. You can go to a psychiatrist or a psychologist or a counselor, and they could encourage you. They could, you know, what, what a lot of times, they, they'll get you to talk to try to find out what the problems are and what the issues are. But I'm here to tell you, there is only one thing that can pull it out. And that is the word of God. That's why psychology is really great at dissecting and taking everything apart. But they're never going to be able to put it back together. Because it's only the word of God that causes a person to walk whole and to walk free. So this is huge. So it says, after you lay these things apart, lay this sin apart, lay this wickedness apart, and then you receive with humility and being teachable the, the word of God, you receive it, which is able to save your souls. And then right after that, it says, now, now that you've received the word, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. And then it says a gigantic statement, deceiving your own selves. Listen, the whole world system, Satan is the God of this world system. It's all designed to create fear and unbelief. The whole thing. But here, for a Christian, if you hear the word but don't do it, you literally give Satan a break. He doesn't have to deceive you. You deceive yourself. Right? You have husbands beating up wives because I'm so much more spiritually mature than you. 
You have wives beating up husbands because I'm so much, so much more, I'm just so much more mature spiritually than my wife or my husband. You know what's funny about that statement is a spiritually mature Christian would never say that. A spiritually mature Christian would never be focused on them. They would be focused on how I can help my husband or my wife or somebody else. They would never be focused on they're below me. Do you know God doesn't focus? Have you noticed that? Jesus, I mean woman with the issue of blood, woman caught in adultery. Jesus didn't say, hey, you know, woman, let me lower myself here just for a second. I mean, I'm so far above you. No, he didn't do that, did he? He got right down, looked her right in the eye and say, where are those that are condemning you? Here he is, a holy God, and, he, and, and he's truth. So this isn't fake. He looks her in the eye and he says, neither do I condemn you. And then he spoke those words, go your way and sin no more, which we know from studying the word of God completely empowered her to walk and live and serve him and walk in Zoe life. In no guilt, no shame, no condemnation. Free. Why? Because we know the word's true. Whoever the son has made free is free. Right? So we got to get this. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any, be a hearer of the word and not a doer. He's going to give us a picture. He's like a man beholding his natural face in a glass. In the Greek language, it would, in English, it would be beholding his natural face in a mirror. We all did that this morning, right? I mean, nobody really here has got whacked out hair where they just forgot to look, right? Right? It was easier for some than others. You know, Mark didn't have to really work on his hair too much today, right? <laughs> but, you know, here, here we go. So he's beholding his natural face in a mirror. He beholds himself. It's a look of inspection. He beholds himself, and then he goes his way, and right away forgets what manner of man he was. And that's what's happening to people. They are listening to messages. They're, they're sitting in church services, and they're hearing their answer, but they're not willing to do it. It's really crazy. As, as, as I walk through this time, I mean, I talk to the Lord every day. I just want to pastor in revival. You know, we have a wonderful environment in our church because there are so many people that have genuine hunger for God. They genuinely want to walk this thing out. That's not really the case in a lot of churches. That's not really the case in a lot of Christian lives. And, and we have people here too that, that literally, when I'm ministering, I love them so much, but it's like they have a Teflon coating around them and they're sitting there, but nothing's getting through. And so what do we do? We pray for that person. We help them because until they make a decision, 
that, wow, you know what? Jesus is my Lord, and I'm going to start doing what the Word says. You know, if you start doing that, all of a sudden, the hunger level, joy, peace, it all starts working, and this is what happens. You start to get rid of blind spots. Do you know how many Christians their whole life, I mean, I hope they're saved, but their whole walk with God is all about only what God can do for them. And that person won't last very long because they're only focused on themselves. What are we talking about today? I'm talking about how you can walk in freedom. How you could make a decision to pry your eyes off yourself and put your eyes on the Lord and let him guide your life. Guys, I've done it both ways. And self-centeredness, I don't know a better word, it sucks. It will suck the Zoe life right out of you. And you'll live as a mere man. And you'll be driven with the wind and tossed. And you think this world system has driven you a little bit in the last couple years. I mean, I'd love to tell you, hey, you know what? It's just going to be, it's all good now. It's just all good. It's a, you know, the, the whole COVID thing is kind of going down. Listen, this is end time stuff. You know, this is, this is end time stuff. We know this from scripture. Storms are coming in your life. If they're not there now, they're coming. You're going to face a lion and a bear and Goliath. You're going to go through the fire. And I'm here to tell you as your pastor, you are to go through in victory, in peace, where none of this stuff even moves you at all. The Bible says that in him we live, and in him we move, and in him we have our being. So this is a huge thing. Then it goes on to say, but, verse 25, whoever looks, and this word look, it literally means in the Greek to look, and keep on looking. In other words, when I get ready spiritually, I don't go look in a mirror and then leave. Right? See, today, you will be looking in a mirror because we're getting in the word. But here's the deal. You got to take the mirror with you. When you leave, you got to take it with you. You got to keep looking in the mirror. You keep looking. It's called meditating in the word of God. You hear the word for the purpose of meditating in the word so that you will do the word. And when you do the word, God will produce all the fruit of the word. It will work in your life. Right? So this is big. But whoever looks into the perfect law of liberty, this is talking about the word of God. The word of God is perfect. And it, it literally, the word of God is the law of freedom. It will bring freedom to everyone. It is no respecter of persons. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter how much you've messed up up to this point. The word of God will work just as much for you as it worked for Jesus when he was on the earth. There's no ramp-up time. You make a decision, 
And God starts moving right away. Why? Because he's already provided all of it for you. And now he's going to move to help you lay hold of it. That's why the Holy Spirit's here. He's here to guide you into all the truth. So this is, this is huge. But whoever looks and keeps on looking into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed, or he shall be blessed in his doing. This is, this is gigantic. You're either going to be a forgetful hearer or a doer. And if you, if you just hear the word, you're going to forget it. Oh, you see, here's the thing. You'll be able to quote it while you forget it. You will, you will begin to think that, well, this is just something that we preach, that's something that excites me, but you'll be sitting there and, and you'll forget it and you'll wonder why you can't make this thing come together. But God will make it all come together. He will lead you into being a doer of the word. So, you know, they, they talk about this in the Old Testament. So let's go back to Ezekiel, book of Ezekiel, right before Daniel. Let's go back to Ezekiel 33. Ezekiel chapter 33. This will give you a great picture of what I'm talking about. Ezekiel chapter 33, we're going to look at verse 30. Are you guys doing okay today? I want you to really be excited about this. Because this is your answer. It's huge. The road for you being in, into the, right in the center of the will of God, that road is so short, it's literally just the decision. Yeah, but pastor, I feel so far away. Yeah, you're self-deceived. It's okay. We've all been there. But when you make a decision to be a doer of the word, all of a sudden, everything changes. All of a sudden, you start hearing the voice of God as you've never heard before. But you'll hear it. You, you don't hear it before because the Lord wants to talk to you about what you need to be doing. Your flesh wants to talk about your circumstances and why everything else going on in your life is keeping you from doing it. Right? So let's look at this. Ezekiel 33, verse 30. Now, now check this out. Also, thou son of man, the children of thy people still are talking against thee by the walls and in their doors and in the doors of their houses, and speak one to another, everyone to his brother, saying, Come, I pray you. And hear what the Lord, or what the, I'm sorry, and hear what is the word that cometh forth from the Lord. Everybody's saying this. Let's go hear the word of the Lord. And they come unto thee as the people cometh. And they sit before thee as my people. And they hear thy words, but they will not do them. For with their mouth, they show much love. Oh, pastor, that was just such, oh, my little pastor. 
That was such a good message this morning on the grace of God. Does that happen in church today? They come up to you, oh, Pat, now, I love that. You guys are so encouraging. I, I get emails that are amazing, right, from people that are hungry. But then there's other people, you know, I call them, I'll just diss on our circles, the professional word of faith people. They come to church, you know, they, they got a license plate, like 3 John 2. You know, they have, they have Bible covers that have been tailor-made for their Bible from Germany. And, I mean, they have a notepad that, I don't have it with me. It's, it, it is a Mont Blanc notepad that's just, and, you know, we've got every, I mean, I've even, I even wear like a, oh, my goodness, I have a ring that has a faith shield on it. And they come up to you, and they're like, oh, pastor, that was a wonderful service today. Thank you so much. And you're like, oh, great. Well, so good to have you here today. What, what church do you go to? Oh, you know, uh, Keith Moore's my pastor. Or Kenneth Copeland's my pastor. Really? Okay. But it was, I just had, thank you. You really blessed me today. And they turn around and leave, and you never see them again. And they sit in their houses completely self-deceived. And then things happen in their life over decades that make no sense to them. Well, why? Why in the world? I'm, I mean, I'm quoting the word, but nothing's happening. Because they're not doing it. They're not being a doer of the word. They didn't receive the word with meekness and humility. Right? We got to be careful. It says here, they come unto thee as people cometh. They sit before thee, verse 31, as my people. They hear your words, but they will not do them. For with their mouth they show much love, but their heart goes after their covetousness. Listen, I don't have time to help in the church because I'm, I'm just, I got too much going on in my own life. And, and you know, and what they don't realize is I don't have time, God, to serve you because I'm out here doing what I'm wanting to do. The hearer of the word will always put themselves first. Always. And I know that might, that might, just, that might be stepping on people's toes. I don't care. Hate me, slap me, spit on me. But what I want for your life is for you to walk on this earth like Jesus. And at the end of your life, or when you hear that trumpet, when you stand before him, and when your works are judged by fire, that there remains glorious things for you. And you hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Right? We're not, this is not a popularity contest. This is about loving each other because, see, we all do this together, right? It says here, and lo, this is what they're saying to the guy ministering, and lo, you are unto them as a very lovely song of one, I mean, pastor, your voice, it's so subtle, it's just so soothing. You know, when I can't sleep at night and and I listen to some other teachers, when I finally just really need to go to bed, I put you on. 
because you're like this lovely song and your voice, it's just so soothing. I went to Starbucks and this young lady, she said to me the other day, she gave me my coffee and she says, you have a great day. She goes, man, your voice is so soothing. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm like, man, I'm even putting people to sleep in Starbucks lines. But it's like you're a very lovely song. Now, now don't sit here. Like, I think one time I talked about clapping in church. You know, we worship God. We don't applaud him. Now, are there times to clap? Yeah, there are, right? Be led. But now, I wish I had never said that. Because if I clap, people will clap. And if I stop, what you don't know is I'm, I'm somewhere else. I don't even know if I'm clapping or if I'm not clapping. People will stop clapping. Don't stop clapping. Right? Now, we might have to have rhythm classes. Because sometimes you see the worship team up there going, you know, because everybody's clapping off. I mean, our church in Mount Pleasant, Iowa. Wow. You couldn't clap because nobody clapped on beat. At least we have some rhythm in this church, right? How did I get off on that? And lo, thou art unto them as a very lovely song of one that hath a pleasant voice and can play well on an instrument. For they hear your words again, but they will not do them. Look at this, and it says, and when this comes to pass, and lo, it will, then shall they know that a prophet hath been among them. Wow. So in other words, the hearer of the word will come to a place. Hopefully it's not when they're standing before the Lord and go, oh, wow. Man, that, that pastor actually, or that teacher, they, they really were depositing some things. I just didn't do it. Right? I mean, I remember when the Lord came to me. When I'm just like, you know, can I just have a break? I, I mean, I, I just... I'm, I'm just tired of this walking by faith. I told the Lord this. I was a young man. I'm like, can, can I just have a break on this at all? And, and the Lord told me, he said, Tony, he goes, you're not even in faith. He goes, you're hearing all kinds of word, but you're not doing any of it. Man, he said that to me. Those words made me feel so good, even though I was like missing it. I am so glad I started the process of going, okay, I'm going to be a doer of this. I'm going I'm to come to the word of God and go, I'm coming for one reason. Whatever it says, I will do it. And I'm going to rely on you to help me to do it. Right? See, does this sound a lot like what's happening today? <laughs> so being a doer of the word. Guys, guys, we don't want to be this lovely song thing. Where, man, I just love coming to church because I just love this message. Stay there. Keep, that's great. But just make one little adjustment and, and literally start doing it when you leave. And will you mess up? Absolutely. Right? I remember when I learned how to dunk a basketball. You know how I learned? I was so excited. Man, I was 15 years old and I, could, I went from dunking a golf ball to dunking a basketball. I was so excited. All my teammates said that I still dunked. It wasn't, it wasn't like a real dunk. I thought it was really cool. 
especially when you dunk in a game, you know? You just go, bam. And then my friends would be like, man, you dunk like a white guy. I'm like, oh, come on. Right? But I didn't start out that way. Do you know when I started playing basketball? Could you imagine if I would have taken a shot? I just I shoot I shoot the basketball and I miss and I'm like, oh, I guess I can't play. No. Anything you do, you have to learn. And here's the thing: you've got the teacher on the inside of you. Every time you start releasing your faith by speaking the word of God, when you're weak, you start saying you're strong, your mind will go, are you kidding me? Right? But just keep doing it because pretty soon your mind will get renovated and you will feel like nuclear explosions going off when you're speaking. And God will be moving in your life. Hallelujah. Let's go to, uh, let's go to Matthew chapter 7. I want to show you another picture of this. Matthew chapter 7. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Where do I want to start here? Let's start in verse 24. It says, Therefore, whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built a house upon a rock. Okay? So the person who hears and does is like a wise man who built his house upon a rock. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. How in the world? Now we know the rock is Jesus. But in order to be founded on a rock, you have to be a doer of the word. Right? If you're not a doer, your life won't be founded upon a rock. Look at this one. And everyone that heareth, these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. Okay, now just stop and think about that. I've never built a house, right? We have some guys in here that could build stuff. But even though you may not know anything about building is there a lady here who just is like yeah i've never even done any of that i've never built anything fran so you've never built but would you would you ever go out and decide to build something on sand who who would do that i mean that's that's stupid now we build sand castles but guess what it won't be there the next day. The tide will come in, right? Who would build something on sand? A self-deceived person. A self, I mean, when you're self-deceived, you do stupid things. You say stupid things like, you know what? 
this God thing, yeah, God, this is not working. This is God's fault. This happened to me, and this is God's fault. That's, that's stupid. Because of what he says about himself. It's foolish. But the hearer literally the hearer of the word who's self-deceived will go, you know, the Lord spoke to me that I'm supposed to go do this. And you're looking at their life going, you're only a hearer. So you're going to go try to build a company, try to build a business, or try to build a ministry on sand. It's not going to work. So like for those third-year pastor students at Rama. We need to teach them to be a doer of the word so that whatever they go to do, it'll be built on a rock. Because notice, notice the location is different. I'm going to dig deep, I'm going to build something on a rock versus I'm just going to take a shortcut and I'm going to build it on sand. When you're a hearer only, you want to take shortcuts because you need it right now. You got to be careful with some of this stuff, right? It says, and the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Now here's the good news, coming from somebody that's built stuff on sand. You could just make a decision and change. And all of heaven is behind you and will help you and you'll build something on a rock and all hell will break loose against you and you'll be in the house going, wow, this is a non-issue. Three years ago, had this happened to me, it would have devastated my life. Right now, it's a non-issue, right? This is huge. So now let's, let's look at Luke's account. Let's go over to Luke chapter six. Luke chapter six let me see, I'll tell you what verse. Let's start in verse 46. Luke 6, 46. Jesus said this, and why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? That made no sense to Jesus. I go to him, oh, Lord, I worship you today. And Jesus is up there going, really? That doesn't make any sense because you're not doing anything that I've told you to do. Does God, does God look at it like that? Yeah. Right? So that tells me that the Holy Spirit is chomping at the bit to help us do. That's good news. Whosoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I'll show you to whom he's like. He's like a man which built a house and dig deep. Digging deep is meditating in the word. Right? He dig deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. But he that heareth and doeth not 
is like a man without a foundation built a house upon the earth. Could you imagine if you were driving by a construction site, right? So Pastor Mark, when you, guys, when you and Chris built a house, could you imagine if you were driving by, you're going, oh man, they're framing today. Let's go out and see. And you pull up and you stop and you're like, there's no foundation. You might make a phone call, right? Because I don't know that you want to live in a house without a foundation. Again, a self-deceived person would do that though, right? And it says here, he's like a man without, who built a house upon the earth against which the stream did vehemently beat and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. Have you noticed how much easier it is to read books about the Bible than it is to read the Bible? See, this is, I'm, I'm really trying to get this right. See, this is where a lot of people are at in our circles. They think that if they're talking about the word, that they're doing it. Because a lot of people will talk about the word, man. We, we, we're word people. We talk about the word. That's great. But you got to go beyond talking and you got to do it. Right? Because talking doesn't get the job done. Now, there's a big difference between talking about the word and speaking the word. Now, speaking the word over your circumstances, that might be the corresponding action. When you're believing God for healing, what do you do? You believe those scriptures. You meditate in them. You never let them depart from your mouth. And you walk around declaring, Father, I thank you that by, your, by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. Right? This, these symptoms must leave my body. And I'm never moving from that until they do. And through faith and patience... I'll receive the promise, right? But, but I'm never going to get hear, healed by just hearing. I'm going to have to act on it. This is huge. So let's go to a scripture you've probably never heard before. Let's go to John chapter 8, verse 31. The doer of the word. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Right? So now let's look at this, this knowing. Because, you know, here's the, the great news about Faith Family Church is if you want to grow, you're going to hear the word and you can grow. Now, the negative side of Faith Family Church is you're going to hear the word of God. So you're going to be accountable for it. God does not, you could, and there's tons of scripture, we don't have time to go into this. God doesn't hold you accountable for what you don't know. But when you know something, he's just, he has to hold you accountable. And that's where a lot of people are, right? So let's look at this. 
Luke chapter 19. Let's go to Luke chapter 19. We're going to look at verse... Oh, let me hold on. I'll tell you here in a second. Yeah, let's just, let's just look at verse 20. I don't want to... This is the parable of the 10 mira or the 10 pounds, depending. If you have a New American Standard Bible, it'll say mira. If you have, if you have a King James, it just says pounds. The parable of the 10 pounds. Check this out. Verse 20, and another came saying, Lord, behold, here is my pound. So basically what he did, the Lord gave people so many pounds, one, five, and 10. The one with 10 comes back and goes, here's your 10, and then here's 10 more. Here's your five, here's five more. But then the guy that was only given one pound he came back to the Lord. He said, behold, here is your pound, which I have kept laid up in a napkin. Well, why would he do that? Look at this. For I feared you because you are an austere man, a harsh man. You take up what you lay not down. You reap what you did not sow. Now, is that true about God? No. No, but, but this is what this man knew about him. He made that decision. This is what I know. And then he saith unto him, so now his Lord says unto him, out of your own mouth will I judge you, you wicked servant. This person was judged for what he knew that he did not do. Thou wicked servant, you knew that I was an austere man, taking up what I, that, that which I didn't lay down, reaping what I didn't sow. And look at what happened to this. Wherefore then, why then did you not take my money to the bank and at my coming I might have required my own with interest? And he said unto them that stood by, take from him the pound and give it to him who has 10 pounds. And they said unto him, Lord, but he has 10 pounds. For I say unto you that unto everyone which hath shall be given. From him that hath not, even that which he hath shall be taken away. And now we learn further from Mark, the parable of the sower, having has to do with having ears to hear. Having ears to hear, this is where you hear with the intent of doing it. Like in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. And we have multitudes of people running around going, yeah, I believe in Jesus. But there's no conversion because they don't understand what that word believe literally means in the Greek. It means to believe so strongly that you're willing to commit your life to it. See, that's how you get born again. When you're, when you're like, you come to God and you say, hey, here's my life and I'm receiving yours. That person, that, that, that transaction happens and they're made new. But a person who's just going to go, yeah, I believe you're God. I don't want to go to hell, but I'm going to live my own life and I'm going to do my own thing. Sure, I'll, play, I'll pray a little twinkle, twinkle, little star prayer. But, but nothing happens because they're not, 
they're not declaring anything out of their mouth that they believe in their heart. They don't believe Jesus is their Lord, right? We got to be real careful. Can you say that from a pulpit? I absolutely will shout it because I don't want people to sit in a chair in this church year after year after year and all of a sudden they find themselves before Jesus and they're saying, but Lord, didn't I do, I took notes and didn't I do this and didn't I do that? And he looks at them and he goes, I, I never knew you. Depart from me. That won't happen here, right? That's not gonna happen here. That's not gonna happen in your life. That's not going to happen as you're out there ministering to people. You know, you present the gospel, but yeah, what if they don't want it? Keep praying. Send laborers, right? Salvation's always a byproduct of, of Jesus. So notice they were judged. They were judged only by what they knew that they did not do. Right? This is, this is huge. So now let's go back over to James. Let's go to James chapter 4. You guys look so serious. James chapter 4, verse 17. See, the Bible says things like this. Therefore, James 4, 17. Therefore, to him that knows to do good and does it not, to him it is sin. Notice, you know something, but you don't do it. That's our camp. We have people that know. They know they're to walk in love, but they don't. They know they're to forgive, but they just, but you just don't understand. And pastor, I need to come talk to you. Because, you know, I just got to tell you all my problems. And it's like, well, time out. Are you doing what you know to do? Because if you're not willing to do, there's no help for you. Can we say that? Boy, that doesn't build numbers in a church. I think all that's going to change. Because numbers in a church don't help people where all hell is breaking loose in their life. And they don't know who their enemy is. They don't really know how God moves. God wants you to know his ways and his purposes. He wants you to know when you do what he says, he will always do what he says. Right? You believe something in your heart and speak it out of your mouth, he will bring it to pass every time, right? When it says your children will be taught of the Lord and great will be the peace of your children, that is not up for debate, right? The Bible talks about some wondrous, just wonderful things for us, but we must be a doer. So we got to run over to Romans chapter five real quick. Romans chapter 5 and verse 13. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 5 and verse 13. It says, For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. See, God was not holding man's sin against them before the law because he only makes you accountable for what you know. When the law came, it came for one purpose, to show man that, hey, this now what you're doing is sin and you need a Messiah to save you, right? So this is huge. 
This is huge. Just know that with God with you. And this is the way it works. When you start this purpose on being a doer of the word, listen, you guys have heard a lot of word. You have really heard a lot of word. I mean, there are hundreds of hours of sermons and, by, and, and teaching that is filled with the word of God. And God has brought some wonderful revelation. But if you start this process, the Holy Spirit will literally zero in on one area and say, okay, you want to be a doer of the word? Okay, Tony, this is the area I want you to focus on right now. You start being a doer here. Don't worry about these other areas. I got your back. And you learn how to be, he'll teach you how to be a doer here. And then all of a sudden he'll go, okay, now I'm going to talk about this area. I want you to give this area to me. And now I'll teach you how to be a doer. It's, it's like you're the children of Israel going into the promised land. You go, you're, you're not going to go to Ai and Jericho. You're just going to go to Jericho. The battle's the Lord's. The victory's yours. You'll learn how to be a doer here, and then he will send you somewhere else. And that's how you obtain your inheritance. And what you find is when you do the one thing he calls you to do, three or four other areas just kind of get straightened out. And all of a sudden you turn around and you're like, wow, that's working great now, right? That's the way he works all the time. So let's go back, let's read this again. Let's go to Romans chapter one. I just want to read this real quick again. You know, I don't want to go there. <laughs> Hallelujah, what time is it? Let's go to 1 John chapter 3. <laughs> this is a work in progress, okay? You're learning, when I, you're, you're knowing when I'm knowing. Look at this. 1 John chapter 3. Let's start in verse 18. My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. Hmm. How are we going to know that we're in the truth and how are our hearts going to be assured before him? Because we are loving indeed, we're actually walking in love. And we're walking in the word of God. For if our heart, verse 20, condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Hmm. What this verse, I love this verse. Because when you get discouraged, the word of God will come up in your heart and let you know you're not condemned. So, so as you start this process, if you ever mess up in one of these areas, it's okay. Because we're so good at condemning ourselves, right? Satan's really good at it too, but we are really good at condemning ourselves. But the word of God, if you're meditating in the word, it'll come up in your heart and it'll let you know, hey, Tony, listen, 
There is therefore now, now that I came out of the grave 2,000 years ago, there is no condemnation to those who are in me. And Tony, you're in me. So let's forget about the little mistake and let's just go. Let's, come on, I'm going to teach you how to, how to walk this out. I love that about God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things which are pleasing in his sight. And whatsoever we ask, again, the word ask means whatever we call for, whatever we require, whatever we make a demand for. Why, does it, why is that the word ask? Because he's already given it to you. We receive from him How are we able to receive? Because we keep his commandments. We do what he says do. And we do those things which are pleasing in his sight. So keep going. Verse 23, and this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, And love one another as he gave us commandment. Wow. So what's your command? To walk in faith. To walk by the faith of God. And to walk in the love of God. That's that's our commandment. Well, now wait a minute. That's two. No, no. Faith works by love. It's one. In In the Greek language, it's singular. So this is our commandment. So if you want to be a doer of the word, you walk by faith and you walk in love. You don't just hear, but you do. It says here, verse 24, and he that keeps his commandments dwells in him and he in him. And hereby we know that he abides in us by the spirit he hath given us. Wow. God loves you so much. It's it's so important that you know that. And he shed his his love abroad in your heart so that you can yield to the love of God, the unconditional agape love of God, and that you can walk in love in every situation. Do you know what the manifestation of God's love is? It's you never consider yourself. Do you know in a marriage, if you never consider yourself, it would be impossible for you to ever argue with your spouse. Because no matter what they would do, you're not considering yourself. You come in, they jump all over you, and instead of, you know, your first thought is, okay, what can I do to really help my spouse? Okay, I need to stop doing this, but what's really fueling that? Let me pray for her. Let me pray for him. In parenting, in your life, and as you walk in love, see, if you don't consider yourself, guess what? You'll never be moved by circumstances. You'll never be moved by people. And you'll have confidence before God. The hearer of the word has no confidence before God because they don't really know him. I hope this has encouraged you a little bit today. This is a peace of you walking by the faith of God that is so important. And guys, we have more of a challenge of doing this. As you're sitting here today, I bet all of you have a list this long of things you gotta get done today 
because here we go in the whirlwind of your week tomorrow, right? There's just distractions. And I'm here to tell you that the Holy Spirit will guide you so that you are not distracted, that you're in peace, and that you are so much more effective in your, in your natural life. That's just what he does, amen?